Incoming transmission. The Klingon word of the day is much. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. So, this is a huge victory for the good guys. Scotty, be me up. Resistance is futile. They're long and prosperous. And welcome to the Computer Resume Podcast, the show covering the entire Star Trek franchise in chronological order for fans new and old. I'm your host, writer-comedian Mr. Todd A. Davis. You may know him as YouTube's Brental Floss. He is the writer of the upcoming off-Broadway production, Con the Musical. It's Brent Black! Yeah! Hey, Todd. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good, buddy. How are you doing? I am great. I am... You know, tweaking music during the day, rehearsing this show at night, and uh, excited to tell people in your audience about it. Yeah, I and do I, some I, other cool stuff we've got planned, apparently. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, going back uh, not too long ago, I think it was either my wife or a friend on Facebook or something like that. Somebody sent me a link. It was like, and knew I'm, you know, doing the Star Trek thing. Sent me a link, said, You got to see this. And I clicked, and it was just, con the musical i was like oh yes of course like why has this not been done <laughs> um so just really quickly about the show uh I, we talked a little bit before we started to roll there's not really anything spoilery if you're a trek fan it it's con the musical like this is right. wrath of con just stage musical production like what what are what are fans looking what what's going to happen? <laughs> like, okay, I mean, without so, letting the cat out of the bag, obviously. Right. But like, right. So it's, you know, the subtitle of the show is a parody Trek-tacular, yes. um, which is also legally pretty safe because we don't use the word Star Trek and we do use the word parody. But um, the thing is, like, I wanted to uh, figure out a way where the show could be a parody, but also almost be an in-canon kind of side story oh, that's um awesome. and so i was like how could you you know at first i thought q from the next generation was going to retell this story the way he would rather have seen it but my friend alina morgan who has written for sci-fi wire and looper and um interviewed shatner she was like what if data makes a holodeck musical like with holographic actors so you could cast whoever you want, wouldn't have to be lookalikes, and you could kind of make it a data episode too. And so that was 2015. That's I so started smart. in on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At first he was showing the show to Picard, and now it's evolved into he's in the holodeck showing the first draft of his Wrath of Khan musical to sort of a, a an audience program. And the audience program is you out there who buy a ticket and come to the show. Oh, that's uh, so fun. But he starts self-inserting and then just keeps self-inserting where like every sort of side character ends up being data way overacting. He, he's Shatner's, um, or rather he plays David, Kirk's son, which 
you know, I always found to be kind of a boring character, not a whole lot to him. And I was like, well, we have to have him in the in the show. So now the whole gag is that he's like way more Shatner than Kirk. Like he's like oh. a, a full on Shatner impersonator, but refuses to believe he's the son of James T. Kirk. Um, oh, that's and so that's funny. kind of the vibe of the show. So it's like Data is trying to write a musical comedy of the Wrath of Khan events, which are it's really a historical event in his history. Yeah. But because he's sort of the robot that we forced to watch a thousand hours of musical theater, he's like not realizing he's kind of borrowing tropes from a lot of musicals, you know, um, Chicago, Rocky Horror Picture Show, uh, the you know, Les Miserables, the list goes on. Yeah. So it's it's four it's four Trekkies, but in a way that the musical theater people won't feel like it's too many inside jokes. And it's four musical theater people in a way that the Trekkies won't feel like it's too many inside jokes. And it's a very specific balance where the data episode framing device is really data figuring out how to write a musical and also kind of discovering stuff about the human condition through the story, you know, aging and death. And why did Kirk yell con, which is a mystery to me, um, <laughs> you know, like it's it, there's a reason in the movie, but he doesn't really talk about it. Yeah. So stuff like that is explored in a sort of parody uh, milieu. And it's a really wacky, fun show. Nice. I, I'm so excited for this. For those listening who may not be uh, familiar with uh, you and your work and Brental Floss, let's let's go back. So when I when I have somebody on the show who has a very specific thing that they are uh, that they are doing, I always ask which came first. Uh, in this instance, it sounds like there's a lot of things uh, that will go along with this. So let me ask you, what came first? Your love of music, your love of theater love of comedy or star trek like what 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 was first oh okay well i can definitely say star trek was last and i think that my story on that is uh, a bit unusual i'm in a i think a, a small minority of trekkies in that way but i'll come back to that yeah um as a kid i would make up little songs i would play video games and i remember i would like quietly sing my own little dumb lyrics to like Mario games. But if anybody yeah. came in, I'd be really embarrassed. Um, <laughs> and I started writing original music in like middle school. It was, you know, not very good, but like I was experimenting with that stuff. Um, comedy, like I always tried to be the funny kid, maybe mm. a little too hard, oh. but um, you know, comedy found its way into my music. And in high school and college, I was writing comedy musicals comedy songs producing them when i should have been you know doing like math but um so it all kind of it's hard to say you know chicken or egg but it all started to coalesce um in right around 2008 when i was actually teaching a summer arts program on songwriting for the stage to kids in like the middle of oklahoma at this strangely well-funded arts center and I had nothing to do for all but three hours of each day. And I just had like this tune from a game called Mega Man 3 from like 1990 stuck wow. in my head. <laughs> and I just wrote some lyrics and made a little video on iMovie, slapped it on YouTube. And like, even though I had made videos before, it just kind of exploded. Like it was 10,000 views in a week, which 
at that time, I mean, mm. now, you know, PewDiePie can do that in about seven minutes, but at the time <laughs> that was pretty huge. So yeah. I thought, oh, people like that. And I am, I would like to pay off my student loan. So maybe I'll just pursue this and see where it goes. And that kind of became the first chapter of my career. And I learned a lot about, um, you know, it, it's it's parody music. It's kind of like Weird Al meets your favorite video game tunes from your childhood. But I learned a lot about sort of the underlying thing about nerd parody music. Mm. And I think the best stuff is what validates thoughts people have already had. So they're listening. Yes. They're liking the music, but they go, oh, I think that too. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. Oh, you finally said it. <laughs> and like, that's the pinnacle. And I, you can't do that every time, but yeah. that's like the best it can get. And so, okay, to answer your other question that I was going to come back around to, right around um, the time that the JJ movies came out, they had uh, all of the all of the TOS movies, I think maybe all the way through the next gen movies on Netflix. Yeah. And I had seen a little bit of TOS. I'd seen a fair amount of TNG growing up. I was never like into it, into it. Yeah. But I just thought, you know, I'd like to just like marathon all those Star Trek movies. Um, unfortunately, the first one was first. So like <laughs> that was, I mean, honestly, yeah, though, I'll yeah. tell you something. I <laughs> yeah. can, I can enjoy that one now. Right. It's kind of like a stinky cheese or like a really, <laughs> a really, um, you know, kind of spicy IPA where it's like, your 10th time through, you're like, oh, I get it. Oh, but anyway, doing. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I watched Wrath of Khan, which as a kid, I had only seen the worms in the ear scene and um, it just stuck with me. So really, unlike I think most people that would call themselves Trekkies, the TOS movies were really my way in. I started watching TNG. I weirdly like binged Voyager um Boy, and a good one yeah i dipped a toe i think i watched uh most of ds9 and suddenly i was like oh i'm kind of a trekkie dipped a toe in enterprise yeah um and so after doing the brennell floss thing on youtube for about seven years i was looking around for new projects it's getting a little burnt out and i'd made a little bit of star trek material like i took the uh intro to the Wonder Years, which is, if people don't know, was a 1990s kind of flashback series that was sort of a 1990s show about the 60s. But the intro was Joe Cocker's uh, little help from my friends. Like, what would you do if I sang out of tune? And I made <laughs> like a video where like I claimed that there was an original theme song to Enterprise that was not used. It was like, what would you do if I went to Warp 2? And it was very silly, very oh silly. But it used like uh, B-roll, not B-roll. What am I trying to say? It used um, like blooper reels yeah. from Enterprise. And I was like, that was fun, you know, doing the kind of same treatment as I do to, to video games, but with Trek. And so, yeah, I just I saw a dance show with spacemen in it. And I was like, they look kind of like Chekhov and Captain Terrell from Wrath of Khan. And like uh -huh. my wheels just started turning once my friend Alina was like, you really ought to have data do the show um, <laughs> rather than Q. 
uh, I tinkered with it on and off for years. And then in 2018, I did, uh, I was invited as Brental Floss to a sci-fi convention called MarsCon in Minnesota, where they had like a Dr. Demento department yeah. where like, yeah. it was like, if you know the word like filk and silly kind of comedy music. So suddenly I had all these sci-fi fans there and I thought, you know, I've got these, these songs I've been working on. Um, Kirk's big act one number about how he wishes he was still young. I was just a dreaming pup, but my heart was beaming up. James T. Kirk was the swing and Miss Captain who ever swung. Oh, what I wouldn't give to be young. So I made these quick little karaoke videos and I gotta tell you, Though they brought down the house in a way that my video game stuff couldn't touch. Wow. And I was like, there's like something to this. So later that year, I really got into it and completed the whole show in about six months and had the first reading of it in early 2019. So that's kind of the story of um, me getting into Trek up through watching various shows and just like apparently everything with me, you know, we millennials have to monetize everything we enjoy. It suddenly has come out as a thing that maybe could make money. We'll see. But is either way, regardless of monetization, is a is a piece of art that I hope validates the experience of my yeah. fellow Trekkies and acts not just like as a roast, but as a loving tribute as well. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I've spoken uh we just released our 100th episode of computer resume podcast. And I think over a hundred episodes, there's been times where, yeah, some of the stuff that's happening on screen is just laughable. Yeah. And as a comedian, I can't help, but, you know, sort of play with it a little bit. And I've always had this thought in the back of my head is like, Oh, are you, are you going to alienate yourself from, from hardcore trekkers because you're making fun of star Trek? And I've always looked at it this way. Uh, it's like, if you have a sibling, you're allowed to make fun of that sibling because you love <laughs> right. them, because you love them so much. If right. anyone else makes fun of your sibling, you shut it down immediately. <laughs> Absolutely. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. I'll, when I have gone to nerd conventions and heard people being like, uh, these kids look so dumb in their cosplay, even though my music literally makes fun of them. I'm like, hey, hey, you dress up as a cheese head when you go to football. Hey, you, you know, Bingo. like that kind of thing where I will immediately stick up for my nerd brethren and sister and non-binary and, and whoever. Yeah. Um, so anyway. So so let me ask you this, uh, you know, you mentioned that you were kind of interested in the JJ uh, films and that kind of sparked, you know, to get into the original films. Uh, what did you think of the Kelvin timeline? Um, I got to say the first one was really fun. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't hate the second one as much as some did, but I did find it to be like, I don't know, just uh, it just kind of misses the mark. Yeah, I, I think bit. that. I'm not like entirely one of these color inside the line Trekkies. That's like, Oh, this actor doesn't look exactly the same as the, but that being said, Javier Bardem or Benicio del Toro were right there. Yeah. And you went with Benedict who, by the way, is an amazing actor, but really? And like, I just seemed the, the way they reversed the Spock and Kirk thing 
um, which I won't, I guess, not spoil if you haven't seen that 11 year old movie. Oh, it's felt. You know what? Uh, Hey, everybody. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. And we're back. Okay, so like basically when Spock does the con yell and Kirk's the one sacrificing himself, it's like, I guess that's cute. But I found the first movie, despite being in some ways a silly, fun summer action movie, Mm -hmm. I was into the idea that like, yeah, I can believe this universe is just like a multiverse. What if? And of course, it's like, yeah, if things had been different, these characters wouldn't all have been born and look different, but we can suspend our disbelief. And the second one kind of um, in a lot of ways kind of undid that. I got to say, and this might be an unpopular opinion, Beyond was simultaneously like the most classic Trek movie in its structure. Yeah. But I just like I started watching it too, too late in the night once and turned it off thinking I'll watch it. You know, I'll finish it soon. Um, And I just never did because like, I don't know, like I'm not. It just felt like, yeah, they're all going to go to different teams. It's going to get bad. Then it's going to be fine. Not that like every other movie isn't that. But I just found myself like almost like, yeah, you know, I'd just rather watch Best of Both Worlds. I'd just rather watch one of the great two-parters or, you know, be like, tonight's the night I'm trying the motion picture one more time. You know, like, <laughs> see if that if that 11% ABV uh, IPA <laughs> will will land right this time. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, with and I, and I think a lot of people feel that into darkness was oh they're remaking wrath of khan Mm -hmm. and to a degree yes kind of yeah but i think a lot of people forget that they weren't just redoing wrath of khan they were also doing space seed they kind of compressed those into the film that we got um i like benedict cumberbatch as khan i think he brings that i think he brings that very um regal regalness that mm-hmm. almost royalty uh to the character that that ricardo Montalban kind of brought in space seed he he's very he, he's very uh prince like oh you sure. know very much like royalty and i i feel like uh you know benedict cumberbatch does a good job of bringing that with a healthy dose of menace mm-hmm. in in his subtlety but I see what you're saying. I don't, there, I mean, it's it's comforting to know that he ran into Patrick Stewart at a restaurant before he accepted, and went up mm-hmm. and asked the man, like, "Hey, they've approached me for to play Khan, yes or no?" And I think Patrick Stewart said something along the lines of, "Your life will never be the same." And so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I guess like it's so easy to armchair after the fact yeah but like to me (laughs) if you just gotta have benedict have Khan, like have benedict be a different superhuman and have him come out of the capsule first and then kill Khan before Khan could even wake up and be like oh this you thought Khan was bad this guy is worse and was just lying in wait and you know like again easy to armchair quarterback I still think Javier Bardem was right there. But I'll tell you something. The one thing I appreciate about that is that, you know, um, I'm pretty committed to 
uh, with Khan, despite it being a parody show um, and just, you know, in some ways just fun. I think that if you if you stomp on Gene Roddenberry's sort of vision of a diverse future, you're kind of not getting the point. And so to me, it's like I want to make sure it's at least as diverse, if not more. Uh, And what I like about our cast right now is it is more. But that being said, um, I we were kind of painted into a corner, if not for Benedict Cumberbatch, because Khan was essentially an Indian Sikh played by a Mexican man. Yeah. So like (laughs) that is a real sticky wicket. Who are you? (laughs) Are you whitewashing? If you just make him Hispanic, what are we? So the fact that Benedict Cumberbatch is yet another version of Khan, Data now just has a, a monologue where he goes, you know, some say Khan was an Indian Sikh with a Latin American accent, and some say he was a pale Englishman. In my interpretation, he is simply fabulous. And so now it <laughs> opens up Khan where yeah. he's a hologram. So he can be any color. He can be... Uh, it doesn't really, he can have any accent. And yeah. in our version, he's kind of a little bit more Frankenfurter um, than he oh. is uh, Ricardo <laughs> Montalban, while still, you know, enjoying certain uh, iconic moments. Because again, Data has sort of created a mental algorithm that that like pours Wrath of Khan into musical theater tropes yeah. instead of um, instead of trying to musicalize the movie directly, which would be a whole other thing and probably a lot less fun if you didn't involve a lot more comedy. So yeah, it's, it's, it's weirdly, it's like a parody with the framing of what if the Wrath of Khan was sort of a, a more classic musical comedy in the tradition of, um, you know, Little Shop of Horrors, Gypsy, um, uh, you know, yeah. like uh, the, the list of that goes, Chicago, the list of those goes on and they're all very different. And this has its own style as well. But um, anyway, I've gotten off track. But the point is oh, that yeah. uh, uh, of that speech was that Khan having been essentially three skin colors because they didn't do that Indian thing in the movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like kind of means we can kind of do whatever and they're holograms. So let's just like, Pick good actors, make it a diverse cast, and um, and carry on Roddenberry's vision of of a diverse future while having a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, there's no, you know, go to any convention where pop culture is being celebrated, you will see a lot of different people from a yes. lot of different backgrounds in a Starfleet uniform, like yes. and. That's it, man. Like, that's it at the end of the day. Uh, Okay, I am going to bounce one more uh, Kelvin thing. I've had in the back of my head for a while now how I would have done Into Darkness. Okay. So you remember in uh, 2009, uh, Kirk, he's a little kid. He gets in the car. He races by and he sees he sees his brother. He sees his brother, Tommy. He goes, hey, Tommy, and drives by and then, you know, wrecks the car, gets caught by the police. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Into Darkness starts uh, what I would have this whole uh, John Harrison. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Lose it. Just call him Khan. He's he's con he's con Noonan saying from the word jump. Sure. And instead, we just can't see his face. So when he does get captured and brought to sick bay and Kirk rounds the corner and sees him for the first time, he says, Tommy, 
And it's revealed that while Kirk joined Starfleet, so did Tommy, but he went into Section 31 and adopted the agent name Khan Noonien Singh. So then, it, yeah, that's that's my yeah, that's my Into Darkness. <laughs> Interesting, because wow. now it's it's him and Khan, his brother Tommy, and his new brother Spock, and like there's this kind of family triangle of where are your loyalties and all that. Sure, stuff. which yeah. is almost like a an echo of Cybok in Star Trek Five, where yeah. Kirk's yeah. like, all you had to do was pull the trigger, and Spock's like, I would. <laughs> kill my brother that's that's a uh, that's a solid that's a solid chatner sir thank you i have played <laughs> i've played kirk multiple times there just came a point where i was like if i don't sit in the audience and watch somebody else do this <laughs> i'm gonna keep just making myself look cool instead of writing a parody character so <laughs> we lucked out though because shy who plays kirk is yeah. a diehard trekkie and um really won the role when he was like hey can i use the music stand in this audition room and we're like uh sure we don't have any sheet music and he's like he just set it up kind of like um perpendicular or rather parallel with the floor like a table yeah and he just walked over to it and i wish the audience could see um but he just kind of pondered for a second and knocked with his wrapped it with his hands very lightly and like i don't even know if kirk ever did that it's just he showed us this kirkiness he leaned up against something and sort of pondered what he was saying yeah. and we were like this is the guy this is kirk yeah <laughs> and like the show you know the musical can't really use verbatim versions of too many of the lines because you just don't want to copy paste right. but the few times we do he knows it when he's like gone if it's me you want you know like and he just has it wow and it's so fun to watch yeah. Well, I mean, because everybody everybody knows the con or the the Kirk lean, you know, very much. It's very much one shoulder forward, one shoulder, one shoulder back. Yes. The, yeah. The whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gosh, that's that's so fun. OK, so moving on. Uh, so 2017 rolls around. Mm -hmm. We get new Trek. We get Discovery and we get this whole batch of new Trek. Mm -hmm. Have you have you um, experienced any of the new Trek? Do you have any thoughts on new Trek? Yes. And so I am not one of these people that hates it because it's unfamiliar, uh, you know, because I look at that and go, that's kind of like saying next gen isn't Star Trek because it's not Kirk Bone Spock. Right. But <laughs> I watched the first two episodes of Discovery and I didn't care for them. And I thought I'll get back to that. And I never did. And as I continued working on the show, which I was a few years into at that point, mm -hmm. this might sound strange, but watching New Trek became like work. And because it was oh. like I'm working on Star Trek stuff. Um, there were times when I would clear out my schedule and be able to do work on the show nearly full time for a couple of weeks at a time before I returned to YouTube and administrative and other things. Right. But I guess my point is I watched less and less. Um, my best friend, Matt, was like, hey, Picard's coming out. Let's do a fan cast. So we did a fan podcast of the first season. I stuck with the first season. And like, I hear that three is great, season three of Picard. But I just was kind of like, it's not that I don't like it being new. It's not that I can't deal with different takes on Star Trek. I just kind of don't care very much. It was a great pilot. But I was like, I'm, I don't know why I just care less and less. Um, and so 
I I watched a little bit of Lower Decks, but again, I was like, I'm doing Star Trek comedy as a gig right now. I can't wait for that to be, um, you know, for the show to open, for the writing to be ostensibly kind of done, because I've seen a little bit of Strange New Worlds and I'm so excited to watch it. But I haven't really delved into New Trek much because it's a strange feeling. I still watch TOS. I still watch the movies and yeah. a little bit of Next Gen. Yeah, but it's almost like I don't have room in my head for new until I get this baby out. Yeah, um, <laughs> so, I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird, but um, like I'll put it this way: I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. You love Picard season one, great. You love Discovery, awesome. I am all about people. It, you know, it's kind of like if somebody's like, "I think uh, season one of Next Gen is the best season." I'm like, I think you need help, but I don't want to <laughs> tell you. <laughs> that you're a bad but i don't i don't want to tell you you have bad taste you just have different taste um so yeah. you know that's where i'm at <laughs> i on new you Trek. Know, i think uh for you being a fan of tos um i think strange new worlds is going to be right up your alley mm -hmm. um yeah i can see working on a comedy not being super down for lower decks right now i've been telling folks look it is it is First time in a long time that the wife and I have been able to get up on a Saturday morning in our pajamas, grab a bowl of cereal and sit and watch cartoons. And yeah, really hell yeah. Um, Picard, each season of Picard watches very differently. Um, yeah. Season yeah. one to two and now, uh, well, we're almost done with three. But uh, yeah, and Discovery, Discovery is great. It's... Um, it's different because it's serialized. This is it's the first water cooler Star Trek. Like mm -hmm. it, it is serialized from the word jump. Um, I wish they would do more with the short treks because I love short films. I love music videos. I love those, you know, little, you know, 10 to 15 minute chunks that we get. Those were great. Um, uh, Prodigy is a lot of fun, but it's clearly geared for, you know, a younger audience. But yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. Oh, fun Easter egg. So mm -hmm. um, the voice of the ship's computer on Prodigy, Bonnie, Bonnie Gordon, Gordon. Yeah. is um, uh, we have because of, you know, me doing YouTube comedy live shows. And she is one of the songwriters and performers in a comedy group called The Library Bards, which focuses a little more on fantasy. But right. we have been on probably 10 bills and just been like, Oh, Hey, good to see you again. So when I heard she was the voice of the ship's computer, I was like, Bonnie, there's like one line of dialogue where the old TOS computer um, says like, Kobayashi Maru test complete. You have failed. And I was like, Bonnie, it would be so cool because you're a Canon ship computer voice. Would yeah. you be an Easter egg actor uh, doing VO in this show? And she said, yes. So, um, we we're going to have just a fun little, I don't oh even know God. if we'll credit her or just put her in special thanks, but it's really pretty cool to be like, yeah, we have a true star Trek TV alum in the show. Bonnie's been on the show twice. Like she, she has, she's uh, great. She is amazing. I absolutely adore her. Um, it's a point of pride for me that I got a prodigy actor to come talk about an episode of enterprise which was a sequel to a TNG movie. And I, wow. That, that, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the one, that's the feather in my cap that I'm like, check that out. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> no, no, she's absolutely wonderful. I'm so glad that she, uh, that you guys uh, connected on that. That's a, that's a wild connection to have. I'll have to uh, reach out and give her kudos. <laughs>
Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. It's pretty cool to find out one of your old contacts from like the convention circuit broke yeah. through and is legit, not just like, uh, you know, it's one thing to be on a Star Trek show once, and that's awesome too. But to be like, no, I'm I'm the ship's computer. That's yeah. me. That's yeah. so cool. That's, so cool. Oh, yeah, I it takes everything. I have when she's on the show to not to not like pump her for information. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Uh, and just and uh, could could she be any sweeter? Like, just oh, the great person, person the truly world. an amazing person. Yeah, yeah, so great, Bonnie. We absolutely adore you. We do. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's. Uh, is there anything else that I'm forgetting? Oh, uh, so you mentioned that you dipped a toe into Enterprise. How far did you get? And do you have any thoughts on Enterprise? I I love Enterprise, but it's it is one of the shows that's a little more divisive from the legacy era. What did you think of Enterprise? Well, so I would say my watch of Enterprise was almost as much research as leisure, because at that point I was already starting to think about content and I went, you know, that's like the most recent one because it was the most recent show at the time. Yep. And I thought. I got to check this out. And I mean, you know, I had seen the Futurama episode with the original TOS cast. And at one point, um, I I believe that's where it is. Takei says, good job ruining the franchise, Bakula. And like Scott Bakula is just like on screen, but not um, oh, doesn't have a vo- voice part. I don't think probably because that would have been mean to have him on to hear that kind of like, you know, just having having uh, Will Wheaton on to say, shut up, Wesley. Um, right. I actually cut a shut up, Wesley joke from my show in case he would otherwise have been interested to promote it. I was like, yeah, no, let's just take it out. He's not a fan of that. But anyway, smart, um, move, smart move. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is all to say I poked around Enterprise and I didn't really watch it straight through besides maybe the first three episodes. And like every Star Trek show or almost each one, it is a slow start. They're figuring out the the formula. Yeah. They're figuring out what works and what doesn't. And I don't think it's bad. I do think Bakula is unfortunately something of a weak link. And he's a classic TV actor legend. But yeah. that doesn't make someone right for Trek. And I think that what they were struggling with was Trek had always had a slightly heightened uh, you know, like uh, actor style that almost benefited from like, hey, have you done a little Shakespeare in the park? Hey, have you done a little bit of like, you know, French farce or just a heightened like we're being a little bit more heightened and a little bit. We're pronouncing words slightly soap, more soap, opera, soap operas. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think that they they gambled on a more naturalistic delivery, which almost implied that people closer to now acted more like us and slowly evolved into slightly more like (laughs) slightly more heightened kind of Shakespearean people. But um, he just, I don't think it was quite the right part for him. Um, I do plan at some point to go back and just like do the whole Zindi arc um, because I watched a little bit of it. I just was very much zigzagging around and landed at that time on Voyager which, um, you know, is it's a is a very specific thing, but I just connected to it, loved the doctor. 
um when Fox is great yeah oh yeah well oh there, that's enterprise for sure i love the doctor on um well really the doctor is sometimes one of the i mean often one of the best characters and i gotta tell you something season two tng uh why can't i think of her name now this is embarrassing pulaski pulaski i yeah. will i stand pulaski even though i also stand crusher but anyway <sighs> Um, and that's all the time we have on the computer resume podcast today. <laughs> it just seems <laughs> like they were like, can we do bones as a lady? Yes. In fact, we can. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> so anyway, I've gotten off track, but um, yeah, I, I, I appreciate enterprise for what it tried to do, but I also see the too many cooks in the kitchen producers mm. trying to make it cool, trying to make it sexy. Uh, I heard mm. a rumor that they were actually considering um, having a modern day boy band on as you know some aliens like i i think i heard that once i think I maybe heard it was too. like larry nemichek talking on another podcast and who knows if he heard from a friend <laughs> of a friend but um just to give you an idea of like you know the the producers trying to make it more mainstream i i think trek works best when it's not quite mainstream and i think that's when regular people can get into it as opposed to it trying to be cool and you being like um hey you don't you don't need to do that yeah you know (laughs) we're already here (laughs) yeah yeah those are my thoughts on enterprise yeah i think season four probably would have had more stuff for you in terms of because when manny Cotto took the reins um and see in season four that's when he his big drive with that show was to connect it to the rest of the franchise at large and at that point the next step was tos yeah. So, so they got into uh, the Sung family, which was involved with the augments. Right. And like and, and the Klingons and how the Klingons look from, you know, the TNG era and the movies to TOS where they don't have the ridges and all that. stuff. Right. So I think for research purposes, you know, after the fact, but like. I think you might have found some nuggets in season four, but, uh, you know, that'll be for con the musical director's cut. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or the oh, extremely man. inaccessible Star Trek Enterprise, the musical. It's, it's been a long road. Um, I don't know if you've heard my show before, but that song, there's uh, my, my the very first episode that we recorded was with my buddy Gary Horn, who has a musical theater background. And, you know, of course, we rip Faith of the Heart to shreds. Oh, yeah. But he was just like, it sounds like this stupid version that they were trying to do, like, going through a Star Trek, doing Star (laughs) Trek stuff in space. If they had to do that song, Creed would have been a better band, I think. Oh, my God. Why didn't we get that? Oh, well. (laughs) Ah, well. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, uh, you know what? I think we're about at the time where it's time to uh, time to do a little trivia. You down for some trivia? Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. So uh, just for the fans who know, I've got three questions from each of the original Star Trek movies and from Generations. We're doing it pub style. So if you want to uh, play along, uh, feel free. We'll uh, do a little silence between the question and answer. Give you Give yourself some time to think. But uh, let's go ahead and get started. Star Trek The Motion Picture, 1979. Who provided the narration for many of the motion pictures trailers? Hmm. I'm going to guess incorrectly 
<laughs> producer Harv Bennett. <laughs> uh, no, good, an good answer, good answer. It was Academy Award-winning film legend Orson Welles. Oh, and yeah. every everyone out there, I think I just realized Harv Bennett may not have been involved until two. <laughs> yeah, so I don't think so. <laughs> that's how you know I did not know the answer, but okay. That's okay. That's, hey, you know what? That's all right. I appreciate the honest effort. Here we go. <laughs> Question two, here we go. Name the only original series actors to participate in both the motion picture and the 2009 reboot. The only <sighs> One of them's easy. I mean, there's, there's Leonard Nimoy. Of course. And you have said one of them. And I'm like, oh man, were there like background TOS actors I didn't notice? Because obviously Spock was heavily uh, featured. Shatner was not. He wanted to be later. Mm -hmm. um, this one's this one's really subtle. If you if you weren't paying attention, you might have missed it. I did. I missed it. <laughs> well, I'm gonna just say based on who was alive, I'm gonna say Takei and Nichelle Nichols. Oh, that is. I, you know what? You get half a point. You get half a point for for Leonard Nimoy. The other actor was Majel Barrett. Get out! Was she alive then? No, they used her voice in the for the computer. Oh, yeah, that very was very clever. That was a, that okay. was a little tricky. That was a little tricky. Gotcha. Uh, okay. All right. By the way, <laughs> uh, we're we've got a Majel Barrett sound alike for our pre-show announcement. Just oh. you know to get people excited. Oh, it's, uh, you're, it's, how much cooler is your show going to get? Every time <laughs> you tell me something, I'm just like, why am I not in New York right now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last question for the motion picture. After the world premiere of the motion picture in Washington, D.C. on December 6th, 1979, a reception with all of the film's stars and Gene Roddenberry took place where? Let us say the Watergate Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Famous DC landmarks. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, no, it was not uh, the <laughs> it was not the Watergate Hotel. <laughs> it was the Smithsonian uh, oh. Institute's National Air and Space Museum. Now that honestly, I could have I could have come up with that, but <laughs> I really wanted it to be the Watergate. And that oh my god, that would have been so awesome. <laughs> that would have been really great. <laughs> All right. Wrath of Khan, here we go. Here we go. According to William Shatner's Star Trek movie memories, what was the original title of Wrath of Khan? Uh, the Undiscovered Country. That is correct. <laughs> All right, nice. Okay, Khan blames Kirk for the death of his wife. Presumably, who was Khan's wife? I believe that'd be Lieutenant, Lieutenant uh, MacGyver's uh, from the TOS episode Space Seed. That is correct. Nice. Nice. Well done. Well done. Okay, here we go. What classic literary work was found amongst Khan's possessions in the wreckage of the Botany Bay? Well, I think it's like Paradise Lost, Moby Dick, and the Bible. So uh, you, got, you got to pick one. <laughs> well, he quotes this one when he dies. So let's say Moby Dick. That is correct. Hey, all right. <laughs> nice. 
Yeah, uh, and I, you know, it was fun. I was, as I was uh, putting these questions together, I came to this one and I was just like, and it was right after First Contact Day and I had just finished watching First Contact, which has that famous scene of Picard talking about Moby Dick. And I had actually just found on DVD the the uh, the television miniseries with Patrick Stewart as oh Captain nice Ada. yeah yeah well, <laughs> in in the musical Chekhov finds uh, Moby Dick Battleship the board game and a Trapper Keeper uh, because oh, of course funny. you know they came from the nineties so we, we play that up a little bit yeah oh yeah oh <laughs> that's awesome all right Star Trek three Search for Spock nineteen eighty four here we go. Who was the director of Search for Spock? Oh, Leonard Nimoy. Nice. Very, very good. Yes, absolutely correct. Who was Leonard Nimoy's choice to play Crudge? Oh, that's... Uh, first off, I have to... Because I'm going to get so many answers wrong, I have to say it's Krug. Just oh, yes. because... Okay, okay. Yeah, that's Just fair. because <laughs> um, that'll give me some extra credit in the eyes of listeners going yeah this guy doesn't know anything um first choice to play krug i don't know but just in case it's deep within the recesses of my mind let's say uh gregory peck <laughs> you know what he'd have probably been really awesome probably i'm uh, a i'm a klingon get out of my way Anyways. Oh, uh, uh, Leonard Nimoy's first choice was Edward James Olmos. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So, linguist Mark Aukrand was asked to create a working Klingon language for Star Trek III. He based the words and sounds on the few improvised Klingon phrases used in the motion picture, which had been created by whom? Oh, man. Is it Mark Leonard who played Sarek? Is that your answer? Well, he was one of the Klingons <laughs> in that movie, but... Wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. Because Leonard Nimoy also helped with the idea that Vulcan was a language in Star Trek II, so I thank you for giving me that Regis Philbin final answer. I'm going to say Nimoy. Is that your final answer? Yeah, let's do it. That is incorrect. Ah. Uh, James Doohan, a.k.a. Really? Scotty. Yep, yep. Ah. <laughs> wow. That one surprised me. I was just yeah, like, same. really? Okay. Wow. <laughs> All right. Star Trek Vor, Voyage Home, 1986. Scotty helps Dr. Nichols invent what, which in real life became possible 23 years later in 2009. That would be transparent aluminum. That is correct. Nice, nice, nicely done. Thank you. Okay, here we go. The iconic scene on the bus has Spock Vulcan nerve pinching a punk rocker played by Kirk R. Thatcher. Thatcher also worked on what other Star Trek stories? Ah, <sighs> He had a cameo in Picard season two, mm -hmm. but maybe you mean behind the scenes. Um, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a hint. Uh -huh. There's, there's four. You already got one. 
There are four of them. Wow. There's four of them. Yep. I'll say, oh, five, six, uh, three, and um, TNG. <laughs> uh, no. Woof. <laughs> Star Trek three. He was the special effects assistant. Okay, so that's one. Star Trek four. He is the writer of a song, I Hate You. Which yes. Is, uh, yeah. And I berate you. Yeah. 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 Uh, he is also the associate producer uh, of okay. Star Trek Four. Uh, Short Treks, season two, episode four. Get he's, out. He's the narrator. Wow. He's the narrator of, uh, I think that's the one with, uh, I think that's the animated one with like the robot and the alien. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the narrator of all that. And then, of course, you mentioned uh, Picard, season two, episode four, as, yeah. Mo as Mohawk Punk. Yeah. <laughs> All right, last one for Voyage Home. When Dr. Jillian Taylor jokes about Kirk being from outer space, how does Kirk respond? Okay. We're, well, looking, we're looking for the quote here. Mm. The quote. Could you give me the quote of her line? Because she does mention... Like that comes up once or twice. I think you mean in the scene where they're kind of on like a date at an Italian place. Yeah, let me see if I can find that real quick. That's probably not gonna make my answer writer. I can I can <laughs> quote lines from this scene, but like oh. you might be overthinking it. It's a very it's a very uh it's probably the quote from that. Dr. Jillian Taylor says, Don't tell me you're from outer space. I'm going to tell you the line I know, which probably isn't the immediately following following one. He goes, I am from the 23rd century or what you would call the 23rd century. I'm captain of starship. I'm Brent Black kind of messing this lineup. I don't know. He, <laughs> he, he, he basically just fesses up, um, but I can't quote it. The quote is, no, I'm from Iowa. I That's only right. work in outer space. Ah, <laughs> so iconic. Yeah, oh. yeah. Very close, very close. I mean, you were hitting all around it, man. You were hitting yeah, all around it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, now, Star Trek V, The Final Frontier, 1989. Let's do it. Who was the director of Final Frontier? Well, that would be, for better and worse and worse, <laughs> One William Shatner. That is correct. All right. What rock formation is Captain Kirk climbing in Yosemite National Park? El Capitan. That is correct. <laughs> what did George Takai say was his biggest challenge in this film? Um... Probably he didn't like that Sulu was one of the one of the ones that whose minds were kind of given over to Cybok. He didn't like that he sort of turned on Kirk rather than being loyal to him. Learning to ride a horse. Oh, in five? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. My favorite Sulu line that I'm trying to teach my Sulu actor to say is from that one where he's landing the shuttle into the shuttle bay manually and Cybok goes, 
how many times have you done this before? And he goes, actually, that's my first attempt. And it's like, <laughs> there's just such a Sulu-ness to it. And oh, it's very like much. maybe his best line in the whole movie. <laughs> I Gosh, and you've got a decent Sulu impression too. That's I awesome. try, try to do all of them, but uh, <laughs> actually it's my first attempt. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> all right. Star Trek VI, Undiscovered Country, 1991. Mm -hmm. Yes. What legacy Trek actor makes their first chronological appearance as one of their main character's ancestors? Oh, that would be... Oh, why can't I think of the Worf actor's name? Uh, uh, ding, dang, dong. Why can't I... Th oh, wait. Michael Doran? No, I'm close. Is that it? That is that is correct. Yep. Yes! Uh, yeah. Michael Dorn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nicely All done, right. sir. Nicely done. Thank you. All right. This one this one's a fun one, but <clears throat> rumor has it that Kim Cattrall did a photo shoot on the bridge of the Enterprise wearing her Vulcan ears and nothing else. Who made sure those photos never saw the light of day? Um, I'm guessing her agent. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is incorrect. It was Leonard Nimoy. Thanks, Spock. Uh, Appreciate uh, it. <laughs> yeah. Considering Porky's, I think I wouldn't have minded just taking a quick, <laughs> the quickest peek. Just as a Star Trek, you know, deep lore completionist. Well, you know, really. you know, if you if you look into it more, it almost looks kind of like, okay, did this happen or was this some sort of behind the scenes like let's create this sort of fake thing to kind of uh you know, did it really happen? Because she's said she won't talk about it in interviews or anything. So like interesting. Did, did it happen? We're not interesting. really sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Chris Plummer's character, General Chang, is fond of quoting whom? Uh, William Shakespeare. That is correct. <laughs> lots of, lots of Shakespeare. Yes, <laughs> and, and I love that Bones goes, I'd give real money if he'd shut up. It's like, <laughs> Bones, Bones reintroduced currency into the Star Trek economy just because of too much of Christopher Plummer just totally caterwauling Shakespeare. Oh, that's so great. All right, Star Trek Generations, 1994, Ooh, boy. here we go. William Shatner has stated that this line was the hardest line he ever had to deliver. Probably, it was fun. Oh my. Oh no, he's got a lot. Most of his lines are quotable lines. Yeah, yeah. Movie. But the one that he said that he's gone on record to saying was the hardest was, who am I to argue with the captain of the Enterprise? <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. Which is, which is a very Shatner thing to, to uh, say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's kind of perfect, actually. All right. The sailing ship, Lady Washington, which was used as the Enterprise on the holodeck at the beginning of the film, was also used as the Interceptor in what Disney film? I would say the Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm going to need the full title. Curse of the Black Pearl. That is correct. <laughs> hey, all right. <laughs> nice. Good job. Good job. Thank you. All right. 
this one, this one's a little tricky. This film saw Alan Ruck play a new captain of the Enterprise. To date, name as many Enterprise captains as you can. I'm looking for character names. Okay, to date, like, like, after, after generations? Um, in total. Oh my god. This is I, I tell rough. You what, I'll tell you what. There's 12. Okay. But uh, for based on our discussion today, I will look for the the first 11. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> um, you, get a, you get a point for each one. <laughs> okay. So Picard. Wait, does Picard count or after, after that movie, which Picard was in? Uh, well, I'm looking for a franchise in total. So Oh, in total, in total. Okay, yeah. so you got your Kirk. Uh, you got your Janeway, uh, you got your Archer, um, your, oh man, <laughs> uh, well, animated series was still Kirk. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think that Cisco eventually became captain of the defiant or maybe he was just the commander who was in charge of the defiant at one point could be wrong well Sh you know um shooting my shot there keep in mind i'm looking for captains of the enterprise oh thank you okay mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. even worse great so so, um, so 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 far you've gotten kirk kirk picard, picard. archer kirk picard archer mm -hmm. um wow and the thing is that we just talked about the new Trek issue. Um, and well, Riker's, no, Riker's the captain of the Titan. Maybe Riker di did end up being, let's just assume, because I am really shooting in the dark embarrassingly. And I'm like, okay, okay, wait, wait. You got, what's his name? Pike. Okay, there we go. Um, and I'm guessing this could also include Wait a minute. Was Decker briefly the captain in TMP? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then Kirk was like, stop competing with the Decker. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, all right. All right. Um, doing slightly better than I expected. I was going uh, to say, you've got six. Now, are we talking about like the B, the C, the J, the, 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 Oh, that's that's rough. That is rough because I'm like <laughs> yesterday's Enterprise, but who is it? Um, oh, I don't know. Um, I think considering Discovery is not the Enterprise, hate to say it, but I think I'm going to top out there. I just don't remember the names of the characters, even though I can picture some of them. I'll, I'll give you one last shot. Okay. I mentioned I mentioned Alan Ruck. What's Alan Ruck's character's name? Uh his name is uh his name is we're just gonna just gonna take a quick trip around the neighborhood. Uh -huh. Um no, I remember exactly who you're talking about, and I've been watching him in succession lately. I wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh no, the Excelsior in three is not the Enterprise. It just becomes the Enterprise later. Correct. That mustache douchebag with the weird. You ever notice he's got a weird scepter? What is that thing? <laughs> anyway, I'm getting off track. Um. Yeah, 
I think those are the ones I know for sure, unfortunately. So Alan Ruck played Captain John Harriman. Uh, Okay. Uh, You got Archer. You got Pike. You missed Captain Robert April. Okay. All right. Who uh, Pike served under. Pike uh, April was. Oh, got it. Got it. Um, You got Kirk. You got Decker. Spock. Oh, fiddlesticks yep <laughs> uh in the... in wrath of khan oh yeah oh, <laughs> oh that um is... the the oft forgotten enterprise c which was captain rachel garrett was uh, that in yesterday's enterprise i believe so yes okay okay yeah uh fans of picard will oh you know what that might be a spoiler never mind <laughs> thank you thank you uh but Needless to say, she's mentioned in in Picard. Sure, a lot, of, a lot of people are mentioned in Picard. Oh yeah, um, and Captain Edward Jellico. I was thinking Jellico, but I forgot he was because he was like he took over. Ah, uh-huh. dang it. Yep, yep. Uh, so that's eleven. That's eleven out of the possible twelve. <laughs> the twelfth. The twelfth is from the very last episode of of Picard. So I, I don't know if that'll be spoiled. Well, I mean, technically I did do the spoiler warning earlier in the episode. So. But I don't know the answer. So I'm going to guess it's that guy with the mustache that everybody's just can't get enough of. No, it's it's not that guy. It's All not right. That guy. <laughs> oh, I really man. thought he was a villain until like I I was said, yeah, the villain guy. I keep seeing on all the memes and they were like, he's not a villain. He's not a villain. Like, all right. <laughs> just kidding. Um. But yeah, there's uh man that, that so congratulations you actually you actually you actually did really well. There's well, those, thanks. Those, those were hard. Those are really tough. <laughs> I I I got Decker, but I cannot believe the fact that with Captain Spock being such a thing with Savick and uh Spock and, and Harriman, both of them in Rathacon. Uh, yeah. I'm going to need you to uh I'm going to need you to submit your nerd card back to the uh, <sighs> back to the association. Sorry. 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 <laughs> I'm on I'm not I'm on nerd parole now. Uh oof. Oh man. Uh Brent, this has been a lot of fun. A lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Uh do you have any uh any parting thoughts about uh the show, about the franchise as a whole, about your experience on this podcast? Any parting thoughts before we wrap it up? Well, um, a couple things. Uh People are already wanting to ask, hey, is there going to be a tour of this show? Is there going to be an album? Is there going to be a video? And the fact is, none of that can happen unless this production does well. Um, you know, the, uh, the the Internet revolution has still not changed how New York theater works. If you don't have a somewhat successful, high profile production in New York, you still really have a very, very tough road to kind of having success with your show so if you can't make it tell a friend in new york city and i would say the most important thing about it is it's really i've really tried to balance it to make trekkies happy and trekkers but to make it where if you bring your friend your girlfriend your grandma your boyfriend whatever um who's not really into star trek the show's written so that they won't be in the dark will there be a couple of jokes that they're like i'm not sure what that was about yes but um, it's, it's the show with just enough substance, just enough heart. People do cry when Spock dies. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um, if you haven't watched the movie in the last, I think 41 years yeah, or something. I was say some 40 um, years. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, it, it's, it's worth seeing. It's worth bringing somebody to. So if you know somebody in the, you know, New York, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Jersey area, 
um, who can make it, they will not be disappointed. And I having I have made a video game. I have done live shows. I have uh, done YouTube videos. And I always say this when I sell a product. If you don't like it, message me. I will personally refund you. That's how much I believe in this show. Wow. And the thing is, that has happened once or twice. Um, but that's how much I stand by this show. So if if that if 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 that's not enough for you, I don't know what is. So please come see it or tell a friend. But it's very good and it's made for um Trekkers, Broadway fans, and people who live under a rock. So Brent, uh here we are wrapping it up. Where can people find uh, the show and uh, and all the different things. Tell them, you know, give them give them the bullet points. Give them the uh, the APB details of you know where they can find Con the Musical. Okay, step one: conthemusical.com. K H A N. Rookie mistake. It's not K. Sorry. It's yeah. It's not K A H N. It's K H A N. Themusical.com. We also are on Twitter at Con the Musical. We are also on Instagram at Con the Musical. We're on Facebook. Facebook.com slash con the musical, though they won't let us use our proper exclamation points. That's not us. That's Zuckerberg. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but yeah, we are playing five weekends at the Players Theater off Broadway in New York City. And uh, if you live in the New York area, the Players Theater is in the village near NYU, near Washington Square Park. And um, so, yeah, it's um, tickets start at twenty five dollars. We open now. I really buried the lead on this one. We open May the 4th, um, but that was just Ballsy. when the theater. Well, that was when the theater had their had their first opening and we went, that's pretty great. Let's yeah. take it. Um, but uh, yeah, so all the information you need, including the cast, including press that we've had uh, and links and also most importantly, links to tickets can be found at conthemusical.com. I personally, you can follow me on Twitter at Brentel Floss. Um, and uh, yeah, that's about all the socials and links I think you'll need. And I am at Mr. Todd A. Davis on all of the socials. From all of us at the Computer Resume Podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you at 10 Forward. Like, rate, review, and share on all your favorite platforms. Feel free to send us your subspace transmissions to computerresumepodcasts at gmail.com or at Computer Resume on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. The Computer Resume Podcast was created and produced by Mr. Todd A. Davis. Our logo was designed by Will Martin and Justin Bishop. The opening theme was produced by Justin Bishop, and our outro music was provided with permission by Dronode. Additional music was provided by Mr. Todd A. Davis and Gary Horn, and the voice of Computer Resume Podcast and executive producer, me, Kat Davis. Hashtag LLAP. We'll see you next time. Going through a Star Trek. We're doing Star Trek stuff in space. 
We've probably got some phasers and shuttle pods, and we're gonna find a brand new race. How's that for a slice of fried gold?